welcome to Poetry Says, episode 54, I think. 54, let's go with that. Welcome, my name is Alice. Thanks so much for downloading, for listening as always. It's taken me a couple of days to figure out which poem I wanted to talk to you about this time around. I haven't been feeling the best. I've been feeling a lot of the old uh, anxiety brain rearing its ugly head. I've been having, you know, those nights of waking up going, oh my God, something, I don't know. I feel really scared for no reason. Um, Yeah, this is just, you know, a little window into my brain here, all of which to say that uh, I couldn't, find a poem that really was particularly helpful for a few days. Coming off the back of my chat with Steve Wasserman last week, I thought, well, look, you know, there's got to be a poem somewhere that's going to help you with this. And I've been reading the rest of Anne Carson's The Glass Essay and Glass and God, that whole book. Let me tell you, that that doesn't help. That doesn't help at all. I mean, (laughs) it helps to give language to feelings of dread But um, yeah, it's not a comforting read, that book. So I didn't decide to go back to Anne Carson for this episode at all. And when I sat down with myself yesterday and tried to figure out exactly what it was that was causing this particular spike of anxiety, I think what it is, and I wonder if this is something that happens to you as well, it's something to do with the change of seasons and the reminder of time passing. Something about the transition from winter into spring or from summer into autumn really throws me for a little while and it makes me very reflective and uh, I tend to start making lists and figuring out how long has it been since that and how long do I have until this and getting into a very kind of... um, a mode where I'm measuring productivity. So yeah, fertile ground to start feeling kind of anxious, which is not to say that I don't love the fact that the days are getting longer and the trees in my garden are starting to blossom and things like that. These are all really beautiful, wonderful things. But yeah, there's something about that slide from August into September, October, November, December which all feels like one chunk of time to me. Um, Yeah, start to get a bit of the old panic up. So yeah, spent a few days just looking through different books, thinking what's a poem that I could speak about here that would be useful, that would be that kind of poetic medicine that Steve talked about. Uh, Yeah, Carson was a no-go. Thought about maybe doing that Gerard Manley Hopkins poem, No Worse There Is None, but that's just too heavy. I'm not I'm not down there. I'm not in the depths, the Hopkins depths. I'm okay. Um, but yeah, the passing of time. And so looking at my bookshelf there, I saw this book that Tom bought back from San Francisco for me. He went over there earlier this year and I said, can you please bring me back some San Francisco poets? And he brought me back Joanne Kiger's book, On Time. I think it might be the last full-length collection of hers. Um, Maybe she wrote one more. She only died earlier this year, and she was a highly political poet 
Um, and this book on time was written over about 10 years um, from the start of the Bush era right through to 2014. And it's kind of like, um, it's described on the back here as uh, the day book of a master poet moving between the personal and the political. And uh, it, I don't know, I didn't love the book as a whole because there's something about Kyger's writing that feels kind of unfinished to me. It seems as if she's very much a proponent of the first thought, best, th best thought school which I get, I love that, but sometimes I sort of thought some of these could do with a bit of an edit. Um, and there's a, a funny poem here at the back uh, called Stoutly Maintains I Never Rewrite, and in that she kind of addresses this exact thing. She says, so what about those many sheets of drifting time and intense, hoping to pin down the elusive tone that makes a poem? So maybe she does leave the words exactly as they came out the first time on the page but I think what she means by that is look I'm writing a lot you're only seeing a little bit of it even if it is a first uh, the first stroke of the pen that you're seeing but yeah I picked up this Kyger book just having this instinct that there might be something in there that might be useful for me and yeah doing a little bit of hunting around I did find a poem that I felt really summed up this kind of time anxiety. Uh, whether this is exactly what Kaiga meant by this, I'm not sure, but it's a poem. I was attracted to it because of the title, because it's just simply called I Am Afraid. <laughs> so I had a listen to her reading it on pen sound. There's one recording when she's young and one when she's quite a bit older, and it goes like this. I am afraid of the time past. It is gone and I am searching in this present to get full of its reverberations. Give me a little humble pride to tell the story. I think I may have to do this forever, just forever and ever. So I just thought that was perfect. I mean, what more is there to say? I think I may have to do this forever, just forever and ever. Um, Kaiga was uh, a Zen Buddhist and um, she's very aware, I think, in all of her poems of, you know, the, the basic Buddhist tenets of like impermanence and also just repetition and uh, change, but also the, con the constant of change, I guess, the constant of the fact that you, the getting of wisdom is just this kind of constant process. You don't ever really land in this perfect place where you understand everything and everything feels good so yeah I loved that line I think I may have to do this forever just forever and ever <laughs> and when she reads it um, for pen sound on the recording there she in, in the younger reading she sounds a little bit brighter about that and then in the reading when she's older that line is it feels really heavy it's kind of as if she's uh, realizing oh yeah I, I did have to do it forever and ever yeah so I love that bit but I also love the beginning I'm afraid of the time past that is exactly it for me I'm afraid of the time past I spent a lot of time while I was up in Canberra at my dad's house just going through boxes and boxes and boxes of crap and I was just like oh my God, all this stuff I have collected, all these things I've written down, 
all these mementos and all these people that I've been that I have no relationship to anymore and just looking at it all going oh god it's the accumulation is just overwhelming and yeah just feeling like I'm afraid of the time past and not just in terms of what you've accumulated but also how much time has passed sometimes when you look at it from a certain angle it, it can feel quite scary so yeah little glimpse into my anxiety brain there for you today i i wonder if other people feel this way around this time of year or at certain points in the year if you just feel like it's all going too quickly i mean i know that we always have those conversations with people you know at the gym or at the post office like oh, i can't believe it's september already oh my god um I'm familiar with that, very familiar with that. And yeah, it's it's funny how it's this kind of eye-rolling thing, this kind of almost like a ritual that we have with one another, like the year's going so fast. But I, I don't know, like it can't be, right? Like time is going at the same pace that it always was, that it was when you were in year two and when you were in primary school. It's... um. It's not going faster, but yeah, sometimes you still look at it and go, I'm afraid of the time past. It is gone. <laughs> Ugh, yep, that's where I'm at this week. But I don't want to leave you on a sour note with Kaiga because she's actually really, really funny. There's so many lines and so many fantastic titles and little turns of phrase that she uses and you can just tell that she's she's having a great time uh, so I'm going to leave you with this one it's called I'm very busy now so I can't answer all those questions about beat women poets a startled melancholy underlies all the party's over for the dollar blood spattered wallpaper would find a substantial niche market is it that you don't want to do it or is it that you can't make the private public like the poet but does the public want to hear it us has a lot of enemies are they mine too not a very nice night i'm stuffing a long woolen muffler into this person's mouth <laughs>